Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Jesus said, I've come to give you life, a life that is more abundant than any other life that could be lived. But the only way that he could truly give life was to be that life. He said in one place to Martha as they stood at the grave of Lazarus, Lazarus having been dead for four days, and Jesus said something that Struck all of them is probably the most odd thing to ever hear. He said, roll the stone away. Now, I don't know about you, but when it comes to death, there's a mystery that remains for all who have yet to be there. And yet, as they stood at the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus wept for his friend, and yet had already spoke to Martha's heart before. When Martha spoke to him about the death of Lazarus and him being four days late, he quickly shared with her that I am the life. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Oh, how glad that I am that he not only had power there to do what no other man could do, But Jesus stepped to the tomb of Lazarus and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And a dead man got up. Now he was dead. He had been dead for four days. And yet at the voice of the Creator, this man rose from the dead and came struggling out of a tomb. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Oh, how glad that Jesus one day spoke into the tomb of my life. (laughs) And he called me from the dead. The Bible said that I once was dead in my sins and trespasses. But bless his name, Jesus has the power of life today. Only he can raise you from the dead. That is a spiritual death, a physical death. We find another Reference in the Gospels concerning a young girl who had died. The Bible said when they came and told Jairus of her death, said, don't trouble the master, she's already dead. Jesus quickly looked at Jairus and he said, do not be afraid. (laughs) I'm glad today that he has taken the fear of death away. Why? Because the ruler of all, amen, proved that there, not even death had power over him. As he stepped into the room, he spoke to that young girl, and she arose from the dead. Jesus walking through a town, watching a funeral procession, he went over, and he spoke to the mother of the son who was laying in the coffin. And the Bible said that he simply spoke and from that bear rose up the dead. I don't know what it is you think is miraculous, but certainly Jesus did wondrous and miraculous things throughout all of recorded gospel. And yet I find the most important, the most miraculous, the greatest of all of them is the fact that when he laid down, 
when he said it is finished on the cross at Calvary, when he had completed the substitutionary work for your sinfulness and mine, he gave up the ghost and he died. He was dead. There's no question about it. The Roman soldiers checked as they pierced his side and into his heart. They went with that spear and from it came forth the blood and water. Jesus Christ was dead. They wrapped him in those linen clothes. And Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea carried him to the borrowed tomb that Joseph had prepared. The Bible said that never a man had been in that tomb. I'm glad that I know today it was just borrowed. The Bible said in the book of Matthew over five times we find Jesus telling his disciples that I must go to Jerusalem and I will be crucified, but I will rise again on the third day. That he said multiple times trying to convince, to reassure them that the plan of God for salvation was not an earthly king but a heavenly one one that could live and abide with us wherever we go, not at a fixed point geographically upon this earth, but a point in my heart that wherever I am, He is a risen Savior. The single most important event that mankind has ever known has been the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There were angels that came that morning or that evening to herald the birth. Of Jesus Christ. A host of them, the Bible said, glorified God, praising Him for the Savior that had been sent. And as miraculous it is to know that God would send His Son and that Christ would be born of a woman, conceived of the Holy Spirit, born the God man, as miraculous as that is, and as Awesome as it is to think about a host of heavenly angels declaring, proclaiming the birth of the Savior. I want you to know today that there were angels that came to tell another message. Some 33 and a third years later, they come to tell another truth. They come to reveal another, another message from God. And I want you to know that that message is the greatest message that mankind <laughs> has ever known. You say, what a profound message, preacher. Tell me, it's only three words. <laughs> it's only three words. One is a noun, one is a verb, and the other is an action. I want you to know that he is risen, is the greatest message mankind has ever heard. Jesus Christ is risen. And that simple truth has changed the lives of countless millions According to the Scripture, whosoever will believe have also found that in Christ is life. He's life. The Bible said in the book of Matthew, chapter number 28, in the end of the Sabbath, as it been began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment 
white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. And then they said, Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, for I have told you. The gospel of Jesus Christ hinges upon this simple story. Had it ended that day in a tomb in Jerusalem, had the story of Jesus Christ, however miraculous, everything that he did, everything that he said, regardless of how wondrous those things would, had it ended that day, there would remain no hope for mankind. Everything that would bring peace and joy and hope to the heart of a believing sinner would have vanished, disappeared on that very day. When Christ died, the Bible said the earth responded as it quaked. As the earth trembled at the death of its creator, I can grasp that. That creation itself groaned under the knowledge that the Creator had perished, that He had died. The heavenlies responded in accord as the sun hid its face. As the sky grew dark in the middle of the day, there was no light to be found. Dark had fell over the earth, for Christ was dead. May I say to you today, I'm quite certain that all the demonic of the, of the world and the, the heavenlies, all of those, friends, that are of the enemy of Satan today rejoiced because Christ was dead. Even the earthly enemies of Christ that day rejoiced. Finally, this deceiver had been, had been done away with. And unlike the disciples, the Pharisees went to Pilate and they said, we need to seal this tomb up. For the deceiver himself said in three days he would race again. They feared the disciples would come and steal him away. So Pilate commissioned the guards to stand at the door. More than one. And as they stood there, they had sealed the tomb and they guarded that tomb to make certain that no one stole the body of Christ and then claimed that Jesus had risen. I thought about the truths that, that the world, mankind, observes. And never give a thought to the fact that it was because of Christ that we do what we do. Our calendar today is based upon 
Jesus. There's a period of time that we recognize as B.C. And then there is a period of time that is known as A.D. The Greek word, anodim, meaning the year of our Lord. Every human plans their weeks and their years and their days around this simple truth. That everything before him and everything after him is because of him. On that day, as Mary and the others had came well before daybreak, made their way into the garden to the place where Jesus had been laid. They knew in their heart, they knew because they had followed them when they buried him. They had watched where he was buried at. They knew when they left that place that there had been a stone placed at the door, a stone they weren't able to move. They knew there were guards there, and as they approached the tomb of Joseph that day, they asked themselves the question, who will roll the stone away? In the grief of their heart, they were asking a question that is common to us all. Because here's what I'll share with you, friend, is that you can't get to him on your own. Somebody had to roll the stone away from me one day. Somebody had to open up the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to my own heart. Someone had to open up the tomb so I could know he's not there. As they approached the tomb that day, the Bible said that the angel of the Lord descended. Now, there were more than just that angel. But the angel of the Lord comes specifically when a message is to be shared. Though there was many angels at his birth, there was one angel that started and gave the message. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That message. And God sent an angel this day the same way, the same angel. The angel Gabriel would declare unto Mary and her friends the greatest news that mankind has ever received. For those three days, the future of mankind was in the balances. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, our lives would be meaningless. There would be nothing more but to live and die a meaningless, hopeless death, to perish into an eternity of torment without hope, without remedy. But something changed that day. The Bible said the angel of the Lord descended from heaven with a great earthquake. 
again. The earth responding as we should today. The earth doing what many of us won't do. And that's respond to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The angel descended from heaven with a great earthquake. The Bible said that the stone was rolled away from the door and the angel sat upon it. The keepers that were there, as I read to you, the Bible said they quaked, they feared, and then they fell as dead men. Laying beside an open tomb, these two Roman guards were helpless to do anything, to say anything. And all of this was so that the message, the greatest message ever known to man might be delivered. (laughs) There was no opposition. There was no one to refuse it. There were no hecklers or or offenders as stood that day just three days before at the foot of the cross mocking him and saying, well, if you're the Son of God, save yourself. You saved others. Himself he can't save. The hope of every human being laid in the balance to that one moment when the sun would begin to shine. A period of darkness. A time when their souls were shrouded in the darkness of the death of who they knew to be the Savior of the world. And yet on that day, They would stand at an empty tomb, unknowing, having no idea what the angel was going to say. And yet in the stillness of that hour, with Roman guards laying as dead beside it, the angel simply spoke, don't be afraid. As I thread that, I started to think, Jeff, you know what? I bet they were terrified the whole time. I bet their hearts were quaking in fear the entire time, the entire three days as they waited for that time to where they could go and anoint his dead body. The angel said, first, don't fear. Don't be afraid. One of the gospels, it said, "I, I know who you're looking for. I know why you're here. They say today that there's a lot of reasons that you can go to church. But if you get up before daylight and you show up outside on a cool morning and you sit in a chair wet with dew, you might have come looking for somebody. You may have come here on purpose, desiring Jesus. They came that day on purpose. They came looking for him. 
They didn't expect to find what they found, which was not Jesus at all. Not yet. What they found was the messenger. You may be here this morning, and all you've heard yet is just the messenger. But I want you to know that I have the greatest news to share with you. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. (laughs) And this news can change you today if it hasn't already. I wonder today how many would acknowledge that this news has changed them. How many would say this news made me a new creature? Jesus is not dead. He's alive. The angel said to Mary, said, he's not here. He is not here. Where were they looking? They were looking into a dark tomb. And the angel's message was, he is not here. He's still not there. He's still not there. The angel would declare unto them clearly, for he is risen. Just as he said he would rise, just as he told you, he is risen. The message was to go and to tell others, to tell the disciples specifically that day. God would commission the disciples to do the same thing. And those disciples would make disciples and they would do the same thing. And there are people that are still doing, still sharing, still bringing the same message that they brought then. The message is still the same. The only power to save you today is that Jesus Christ is risen. He's alive. He's not dead. That news is still what saves men. He's alive. And we're all commissioned to tell this truth, to speak this message in love to a world that is without it. The angel said, go quickly. There's an urgency to the message today. I want you to know that, friend. You don't know if you'll live not another moment. You have no idea what eternity may be or where it may be. It may just be a heartbeat away for you. But it's coming. The day when you face death, do you have the answer to it? The day that you face the unknown of crossing from this world unto the next, do you know the one that has already gone through it? As the saints of God leave, the Bible said in Psalms 116, said, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So how in the world could you make such a statement that death itself would be precious? I want you to know that death was conquered that day in a garden. <laughs> Everything truly that I had to fear was death. The one thing mankind has never had an answer for is death. Not one person has ever escaped its clutches. Not one person has ever raised from its power. Not one person has ever defeated the grave. And yet this man, this man, according to the message of the angel, wasn't in a tomb no more. As a matter of fact, he wasn't dead anymore. 
He was risen. Now, whether or not you believe this truth can change your eternity. I stand here today without any shame and tell you I've never been to Jerusalem. I've never set foot on the soil of a Jewish-owned county, much less seen what they call the garden tomb. But let me be clear. There is not a doubt in my mind that it is empty and that my Savior rose from the dead. He lives and he lives in me. Oh, what a truth. When one simply believes the message of the gospel, he is risen, you can be converted, transformed, changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You will know then that Christ is alive. He's not dead. There's some listening this morning to whom Christ is still dead. In your mind, intellectually, you may agree that certainly he's not in a tomb. It's been checked. But you've yet to understand the truth that he lives so we can. That he's alive so we can be alive. That, that he rose again, that he might forever bring the message of salvation to a lost and a dying world. That may be you this morning. You may just realize today that your knowledge of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is simply something contained within your human brain. May I say today, it takes more than that. There must be a knowing in the heart, a believing in the heart. He told Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit, oh, he said, that's Spirit. There's a difference, you see. The message that was given to those ladies that day, the angel said, you got to tell everybody else. Your job is to go from here. The angel Gables never came back to earth and never made that same request, or he's never made the same message again. He's never shared it again, never had to. The call of the followers of Jesus Christ is to take this message to the world. Regardless of their ridicule or their unbelief, they are souls in danger of an eternity without Christ, an eternity of torment in that awful place called hell. He's risen. The Bible said that Mary went and she told the disciples. I don't, I don't know how long it took, but I got to imagine she was running. And she told Peter and John everything that had happened. And, and they were bewildered by this message. Had no idea truly in their own heart what what had happened, but I may mean, say to you today that there's a lot of people that come into church and they just don't know what's going on. They, they really can't 
put their finger on exactly what's happening, but they know they're there for a reason. There's a purpose. As they came to the garden tomb, they also found what they had found, that it was empty. Now you'll notice that the angel wasn't still, he wasn't there. His job was finished. He had told a few ladies. He had trusted a few ladies with the entire message of the gospel. Ain't you glad for a few women that were faithful to go and tell somebody else what they had been told? Don't underestimate the purpose and the power of God in you. Your responsibility as a child of God is to tell someone else that Jesus is risen. I'm glad that we come just before daylight. I have the advantage the sun's to my back. I get to see it come up and I get to see it kind of move across and everybody go to squinting. It's bright, ain't it, Michael? But I also have a thought that you're looking in toward the sun. The greatest day of my life was the day I looked toward the sun and found him to be the brightest of all bright, the greatest of all news, and that he had come for me. I'm going to close with this. We're not exempt from the hard things of life. Sorrow, death, suffering, pain, tribulation. But to the child of God today, we have been made more than conquerors through Christ. We live today because he lives. We live inside. No longer bound to the tomb of the doubt and disbelief of this world, we have been set free. Oh, grave, grave, where is thy sting? Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? The life of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ changed death and our outlook toward death completely. Though this earthly man will perish, God tells his coming, this earthly man will perish. They'll lay it in the dirt out here. The Apostle Paul was able to proudly say to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Can you say that? That you know for certain that you have believed yourself in the one who brings life to all. We suffer tribulation and we go through hard things and yet what we find in the Word of God, Jesus told him in, in the book of John, he said, in the world you'll have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer. He said, I've overcome the world. I don't know who you're believing in today, but mine's risen. 
My God is alive. He's not dead. And he's making intercession for me. And he's come to save you today. He's come to save you. The message of the gospel is for whosoever will. There's not a certain people, a certain, a certain tribe, or there's not a certain race or nationality. Jesus Christ died once and for all. And if you'll receive him today, he'll save you. He'll give you that same life. The gospel message today revolves around three simple words. For he is risen. Everything that you'll go through in your life will be trumped by this simple truth. He is risen. Every pain you experience will be far outweighed with this truth. He is risen. Every sorrow and grief you bear, every tear you shed will be quickly quenched by this truth. He is risen. There is nothing more important in my heart, in my mind. There is nothing more important that can come from my lips than these three words. He is risen. He is risen. This changes everything. The fact that Christ is not dead should change the perspective of everyone. If he's still in a tomb, none of it mattered. This doesn't matter. You don't matter. But if he rose again, that changes everything. He's alive today and we worship him. We praise him. We we assemble here this morning and what to many it would be an unusual service. We've come today because we love our risen Savior. We worship him today and we thank him for this wondrous truth. I want to say today that if you're here and you know right now that you're not ready to meet God, I want to give you an invitation to be saved. I want to ask you to pray. Just bow your head. You don't, they, we don't have an altar out here, but I tell you, your altar will be wherever you surrender your heart. Wherever you can bow your heart and say, God, I need you to save me. I repent of my sins and I need you to save me today. He's the life giver. He can save you right now if you'll pray that prayer. We're going to ask him to sing just a verse of a song, number 81, if you would. And I'm going to ask you to consider today whether or not you really know that this is true. Whether you really fully believe that Jesus Christ is risen. And if he's risen, are you where you're supposed to be? If he's sitting at the right hand of the Father and has done everything he said he'd do, is your life matched up with service to this risen king? Are you in obedience to God today? Is there something you need to do to make it right in your own heart? Oh, he loves you today. And he's risen just for you. As we sing.